everybody welcome to the centerville podcast where today i have the pastor dusty stirk hello and we also have the lead pastor dave holmes hey it's good to be here it is we are missing somebody though we are do you want to tell them what happened or should i tell them what happened how about you tell them okay so this is what happened uh we recorded all this we typically do our podcast recordings on monday so that way we've got time to edit them and make them look nice before we yep. actually post them and then if one of us says something really either stupid or embarrassing then we can edit those out which we, we haven't ha done yet we haven't done yet but if it's going to happen it's going to happen a lot exactly and we can't edit any of this, this is right great. now so uh so what happened is uh one of the mics for whatever reason looked like it was recording but it didn't record strong enough to actually hear your voice and that was an important one because you were kind of operating as the host yeah so we need to hear yeah. your voice but you had tony and i's answers really loudly yes which would help nobody to be honest with you so we decided hey let's come back in the studio today and we're going to try this live so we can't go back and edit anything but the really cool thing is we get to interact with people live in real time so if you are on any of our social media pages right now we can actually see any questions that you post and we can respond with those so like right now, we've got a little page up that shows us any comments you have during this podcast. This is a live conversation and we get to interact with you. So if you've got something that maybe even it's just a good point that you agree with, you can throw an amen down there. If it's something you have a question mark about, you just throw a question mark in the chat and say, hey, maybe can you guys explain that a little bit more? So it gives us a chance to really just be conversational, which is the goal of these podcasts anyway. Exactly. So what what whoever intended to evil got intended for good. So this go. is great. So That's we're, we're going to roll with it. So Dust, uh, how was your week, right? Uh, what was some highlights? What was going on? Yeah, so the week was really good. Uh, one of the highlights in general was we got to hang out with uh, a church I used to work at that's up in Beaver Creek where we live. And their elders were getting together for a weekend retreat to talk about some of the same things that we talk about a lot here at Centerville Grace. I love it. So they were talking about, hey, as elders, how do we effectively make disciples in our congregation because the concern was they said hey we're not seeing a discipleship really happen the way that we want it to where it seems really effective they said we're really good at creating church attenders and you know like every church we're all good at creating church consumers yep but not necessarily creating disciples so the whole conversation was around how do they become better disciple makers and start partnering with people one by one, which is something we have a heart for here Absolutely. at Centerville Grace. So I was just happy to be invited into the conversation. I was able to give a little bit of insight about some of the things that I've learned in the short time I've been here at Centerville Grace. And it's just really encouraging to see that conversation happen uh, at a local level with other churches outside of our own church community. I love it. I love it when other churches get the vision for disciple making and we, we're uh, always committed to helping other churches too. If so, yeah. um, if, if a pastor's listening. You guys want to pick our brain? Not that we know everything, but Dave's brain, mostly well, Dave's brain. We've been doing this for almost ten years now here, so yeah, we're. Um, I'll tell you what not to do more than what to do. But listen, that's the best that's thing good. any of us can do. That's right. <laughs> Don't that's do right. what I did. That was really dumb, <laughs> exactly. but do it a much better way. <laughs> exactly. Well, cool for me. It was uh, my dad got to be here this weekend, which was fun, and he got to be on stage, and that he was did. just uh, so much fun to watch him uh, read the scriptures. And uh, man, I thought he did a good job. I thought Sam uh, did a good job on the drums. But we got to hang out with pops all weekend, and we went uh, shooting on uh, Friday afternoon, and then uh, went to see the Chosen episodes four through six on Saturday yeah. with my neighbor Ryan as well. And it's just a great time. So uh, always enjoy having him. Yeah, and also your dad, you gave your dad 
quite possibly the longest scripture to Ever. read. <laughs> it was like, I don't remember how many verses is like 20, it 26? was a lot. Yeah. It's like 26 verses. No, but he did a great job. He did. I didn't get to meet him in person. We weren't there this weekend, but like I got to watch, go back and watch him on the live stream. He did a great job. Yeah. Some people were saying like, he's got a voice, like, like a movie actor kind of like, you know, he could do this like Morgan Freeman kind of thing. And I'm like, well, and who doesn't love Morgan Freeman? Who doesn't love Morgan Freeman? Yeah. <laughs> So let's get into the, the sermon, at least the passage here. Um, we worked through Luke 5, 1 through 26. So it was a lot, but um, as I mentioned in my sermon, I saw you know this theme running through all of this. But um, for you, Dusty, what, what's, what was about the passage of the sermon that resonated with you the most, that after reading or maybe listening, what stood out to you? Yeah, so there were, you know, there were three stories that you kind of went through in your sermon. You have the story of Jesus calling the disciples, right? The first time Jesus cleansing the leper and then Jesus healing the paralytic. Yep. Uh, but there's something about that first story mm. of Jesus calling the disciples because he goes to these guys that are fishing on a boat, you know, they're they're seeing this great success now, right? They're pulling in these fish and Jesus says, "Hey, you need to drop your nets. You need to come follow me." And there was just something about the faithfulness of these guys being approached by somebody that they, you know, didn't they really had no right to have any trust in hmm. right there wasn't a track record there there wasn't a long established relationship he just says hey you're going to drop your nets and you're going to follow me and you know i think what jesus does with that is he puts such an impetus on what faith actually is faith is leaving the thing that we're comfortable with yep. and trusting that hey even though i may be seeing success over here do i have the faithfulness on my own heart to drop my own nets right like if any of us are really successful in the business world and we say, hey, our faith might actually come up against this. We might have to let go of some of this, our successes in the business world to really follow God. Honestly, are we going to do it? Do we have the courage to do that? Yeah. And I don't even know, like sometimes I ask myself, do I have the courage to do that? And I've been, you know, in the church for a long time. Yeah. And there's always a challenge there of, you know, how much uh, faith and boldness do we have to actually follow God where he's calling us to, despite successes we might be seeing in other areas. Yeah. So that part really, that passage really speaks to me in a lot of ways and challenges me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I... I think this is uh, so important. And one of the things that I, you know, I didn't get a chance to talk about was, you know, perhaps, you know, most likely Peter knew of Jesus prior to this a little bit. And so it wasn't like, Hey, I'm a complete stranger walking up to you and asking you to, you know, leave everything behind. Sure, there, sure. There's, there's some of that. Uh, there's probably some context to that, but uh, just the fact that he was willing still to do that, even though, as you said, he didn't know him really well. Yeah. And certainly, not, not the same level of relationship that we would expect somebody who's going to come up to me and say, Hey, I want you to drop what you're doing. You're going to change your life. Let's right, go. Right. And so but, he was willing to, he recognized the greatness of Jesus in, in that moment uh, and said, I'm all in and I love it. Yeah. So, yeah. I was reading a book and it talks about how we, we come to Jesus either through um, uh, awe or need. And I remember like thinking, well, that was, that was Peter, right? Like mm -hmm. this awe moment, like, there's someone greater than, you know, myself and he's got the answers and I don't. So I'm, I'm jumping in. So, yeah. Um, and there's humility in that, right? There is. Right. <laughs> and I think all and need probably go together. Um, cause once you're in all, you probably recognize your need, which he does too. Like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm a sinful man. Get away from me, Lord. Like, what do you, what do you do near me? Yeah. So it's good. And so our theme throughout this, we, we talked about how Jesus changes lives period, right? And this is what we believe as a church. In fact, we could say Jesus changes everything, period. Like once you get into a relationship with Jesus, everything changes or ought to change in your life because now he's Lord, he's master, uh, and he um, is the lover of your soul. And hopefully 
uh, with all of you know those realities, you're going to be changed and transformed. But I, I was thinking about this uh, question when you know when we get connected to Jesus, everybody has their own personal story, right? You got your story, I got my story. Yeah. What's so interesting, I love about these three stories are these these are real people, real stories, real life transformation. And so it's interesting how each of these stories, the person gets to Jesus, right? The first story, Jesus comes to Peter and the boys. Mm -hmm. The second story, Jesus is in a town and a and a the, the man with the leprosy comes to Jesus. And then the third story, the paralytic can't get to Jesus. His friends get him to Jesus. Mm -hmm. So as I was thinking about this, um, you know, for you, Dusty, what if you had to pick one of one story that most resonated? Like, which way did you get to Jesus, right? And and I know we can talk about all three of these are probably all, but if you yeah. had to pick one, did you one feel like Jesus came to you? Did mm -hmm. you come to Jesus, or did a friend help you, or friends help you get to Jesus? Yeah. So I mean, I, I guess if I don't know what we call our family in that dynamic, right? Because mm -hmm. you know, I I came to Jesus uh, at age seven. So didn't have a lot of actual friends at that point other than people I would see in like kindergarten, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, but my family, you know, put us in a position where we were very faithful churchgoers. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you know, the, it's not the going, the act of going to the church is not what makes somebody Christian necessarily, but they put me in a position where I was always hearing truth of the gospel. And so I remember even at that young age, I made a decision for Christ. I remember pulling the pastor aside before a uh, church potluck of all things, those things we used to do a lot, right? Yep. Church potluck in the church basement of our tiny little church of uh, 25, 35 people and just said, Hey, there's something, I don't know what it is, but it's stern within my soul. And he said, seven, I said, Hey, can you pray with me? Are you sure it wasn't the cheesy potatoes? I was, it may have been the smell of the okay. cheesy potatoes okay. wafting through the hallways. <laughs> <laughs> you and but, I both have, uh, you know, potlucks and we just both don't like potlucks. It's, it's yeah. true. It's true. And, yeah. and after COVID, everything becomes stranger anyways. Like same reason I don't go to buffets anymore either because exactly. it just, just doesn't feel right. I feel like there's just too many germs now. I'm too aware of it. Too, <laughs> oh man. Anyway, sorry. So, yeah, no, it's good. So I, you know, I, my family put me in a place where I did hear from Jesus directly. Yeah. But it was my family, kind of like the third story, my family put me in that position where I could be around hearing about Jesus. Yeah, yep. So maybe a little bit of one in three. Right, right. Yeah. And for me, um, I give a lot of credit to my parents, just like you, you would say family got me to church, uh, grew up in the church. I'm a womb to tomb Christian, as I like to say. Mm -hmm. um, but um, it was my friend, Jeremy Wyke, who's uh, same age as I am, who's also a pastor in our fellowship. Uh, he, man, he was the guy that during junior high and high school, when all of my other friends were doing what junior high and high schools do, I... What is that? I, I'm just kidding. I don't want to... Wanna, yeah. Um, <laughs> but you're trying to set me up on live? I, I am. Jeez. Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> uh, he was... Man, he was following Jesus. He was ahead of me not in age, but of just his faith journey and his, his love for Jesus and his commitment to Jesus. And, um, that really helped me see a model and want to go after that as well. So I give him a lot of credit. Um, but you know, um, as we said, it's probably not just one. Yeah. It's probably a combination of all three mm -hmm. and probably most of our stories, if not all of our stories. Cause I look back and go, well, um, yeah, yeah, Jeremy was there, but how did Jeremy get there? And my parents, you know, like Jesus was using these people in my life. He was chasing me down. Yeah. And and I and I still had to make a decision too. 
Right. Right. There's a response. There was a response. And so it was all three. And I think it's good to acknowledge. I was kind of having a kind of a worship kind of Thanksgiving moment in the shower when I was thinking about this question. I was thinking about the answer to it. Yeah. It makes you pause when you actually think back to your story of how you got to Jesus to really be thankful that one, yeah, he was pursuing me the whole time, whether I realized it or not. And two, man, I was, I made a decision and that's a good decision. I, I'm so thankful I made that decision. And it's a decision I need to reaffirm every day of my life. Like I'm going to wake up and still follow Jesus. Yeah. And three, so thankful for the people that, that helped, you know, help introduce me to Jesus and model what a Jesus follower life looks like. And just so thankful for each of those three. And it just caused me to pause. Yeah. I think there's something like speaking of that, there's something that happens in the context of Christian community. Yeah. And I think I'm sure you hear it a lot. I know I hear it in a lot of circles of like, what's, what's the benefit of being a part of a church? Why can't I just, you know, we, any of us can go onto YouTube or Facebook and watch the best preachers, the best worship leaders, the best, everything in the world yep. right there at your fingertips. So what is the purpose of the local community that I'm attached to in terms of my own spiritual formation. Yep. And, you know, like you said, there were friends around you that helped compel you towards Christ. Even if you knew how to respond to Christ, you need people around you uh, to actually help you live that out because faith is not an individualistic pursuit. No. It's, it's a community effort. You know, just like I said, it takes a village to raise a child. Like it takes a church community to raise up somebody who's actually following Christ yeah. actively. Cause like you said, that's a decision you make every single day. And some days you have to remind yourself why you make it and continue to go forward. Yep. It's a team sport for sure. Yeah. And I'm so thankful for our team here, our community here. We got great people who man encourage me and I can hopefully I can encourage them and we can keep following Jesus together. Yeah, that's the goal. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Which is interesting when I was thinking about is it Jesus coming to us or us coming to Jesus? Which leads us to a whole fun discussion on Calvinism <laughs> versus podcast. Arminianism. Yeah. Are we Calvinists or are we Arminians? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, if you're not familiar with these two schools of thinking and theology and systematic theology is Calvinism, which focuses on God's sovereignty. And there's Arminianism, which focuses on man's responsibility and decision and choice. Mm-hmm. And um, which is it? The answer is... Yes, that's the the answer. Uh, But there's tension and we tend to lean one on one side or the other. And I grew up more on a Calvinistic side where we emphasize God's sovereignty, Mm -hmm. God's choosing. We walk through Romans and, you know, I can point you to all all of that. Romans chapter 12. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Nine through 11, man. Uh, But anyways, sovereignty is, is big on my just foundational understanding of God, but also... Yeah. God calls us to choose. Sure. Jesus says, come follow me and it's your choice. And, you know, and so. Yeah. And I've got some more experience on, on that side of where we used to, you know, minister. And it's, it's really interesting because I think people live on the extremes of both of those They do. because, you know, there is this beautiful, rich middle ground where it is a little bit of both. Uh, but you know, what I find, you know, in a lot of circles is it's, it's the full extreme of, you know, maybe the Calvinist side where it's like, Hey, God chooses you. You don't have a whole lot to do within it. So therefore, Hey, it's all good. And then there's also on the Armenian side, there's this other extreme that basically says, Hey, you, you can choose maybe even daily to drop your faith, add your faith, drop your faith, add your faith. And it depends, you know, hopefully you didn't sin today because that's going to take you down a bad path. And do I still have faith? And I think both sides of those take us to an erroneous place. Yeah. And there's tension in between those two. And I, 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 with you, man, I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah, for sure. 
Uh, and we could spend hours on this subject. No, we could. But we're not we going won't. to. We won't. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome, America. Uh, so, you know, I talked a little bit about, uh, well, we, we talked about who helped us get to Jesus, right? Family and, yeah. and friends. Um, let's get into more of um, after we got to Jesus, after we were connected with Jesus, we placed our faith, we re- recognized who he is. Uh, how did that begin to change your life, practically speaking? What would you say has been kind of the biggest changes from from a, a young, dusty stir to, oh to now? Oh, gosh, man. I, I think it is funny. I think a lot of people from my youth and even from my school days probably wouldn't recognize me a whole lot now mm. because I was always the really quiet kid that kept to myself. And like, I, you know, I was very shy. I mean, I'm still very shy, to be honest with you. Like I get to stand on the platform and lead worship. But like for the most part, if you talk to me in person, I'm a pretty shy person, sure. like yeah. even in social situations. But, you know, all that is part of, I'd say, the personality that I was born with. OK, for what it's worth. Yeah. I mean, go back to sovereignty of all that, too. Uh, you know, I'm super shy and I like to think a lot. I like to process before I output something, which is why I do in these live podcasts are so not terrifying at all. Right. <laughs> it's just going to come out the way it's going to come <laughs> out. It is uh, what it is. But when I met Jesus, um, it wasn't something that happened instantaneously. I'd say this is kind of a part of, you know, maybe the way that uh, the sanctifying process has worked in my life where I have, as I've gotten closer and closer to Jesus in my walk and I've been more and more faithful, um, a lot of those parts of my personality that I thought I was kind of doomed to accept, mm. right? Like, that's just going to be the way it's going to be. I'm not a people person. I'm not going to do this. Like God has taken me out of that comfort zone in drastic ways. Mm. And God has put me in positions where it's like, Hey, you're going to live in your weakness all the time, yeah. right? You're going to live having empathy for those around you. And like all the desires I have to maybe isolate myself or just to even pursue God, by myself have been completely stripped away. And God says, no, you're going to do this in the context of community. I'm going to put you in places where you're going to have to operate out of trust because none of these are your strong points, caring for people, all, being always on for people, always available to pick up a phone call, going and making these disciple, you know, having these disciple making relationships. I did one this morning at 6 15 AM down the street, Wow, <laughs> which is why there's so such large bags under my eyes. But all that to say, like, it's not a pat on the back. It's to say it's worth it to follow God. And he, that's the only way spiritual growth is going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen from discomfort. Like you've, you've got to grow through discomfort and that's what God has allowed me to do. And that's made all the difference in the world in my life because I'm not the same person at all that I would have been or maybe should have been mm. right. Or else I would just be, you know, I'd be doing a job where I don't talk to anybody and hanging out in a basement somewhere, you know, who knows doing what, right. I don't know. Maybe writing music. If I was lucky, probably not. <laughs> I bet you would be, but yeah. How about you? Oh, well, I would say, from what I, for what I, the stories that my parents tell me and what I know, cause you know, I became a Christ follower pretty young in life, but I think, you know, early on, man, there was, there was so much attractiveness to wealth and just materialism growing up and just having, having more. Um, and I remember asking my dad when I was very young, what's, what's job pays the most? Cause I want to have the most money, you know? And he's like, be a brain surgeon. They make a lot of money. So I'm like, <laughs> I got, I got a poster. I got a brain poster. I got like this little model of a brain. I was starting yeah. to learn all the little, you know, parts of the brain, but, uh, I realized that was a lot of school. Do you still remember <laughs> the, the, do you still remember the parts? Well, I remember like the altus axis, third vertebrae, fourth vertebrae and I was working my way up, I guess. I know, whatever, medulla oblongata. Medulla. <laughs> from the water boy. That's right. That's Adam Sandler. <laughs> uh, but uh, that that love of money and just wanting to have really nice things and have security and money, um, 
man, God has been changing that desire over the years for me, for sure. And um, not that uh, I still don't like nicer things at times or whatever, but it's it's just not there as much as it was, which I'm thankful for. Because yeah. um, obviously being the position in the, you know, the profession that we're in. Yeah, there's a tension to manage there. There's a tension to manage there, which is fine. But our, our church takes care of us and it's yes. great. But um, yeah, so I think just that change of heart of like, where's my security? Where's my um, focus on what's most important in my life? And it was all about money, all about materialism. So yeah, which, uh, which is starkly different than how the world lives. Because like even I think as ministers of the gospel, like there's still that pull. Yeah, that is always there of just like, man, I want, you know, I'm surrounded by successful people. Like I want to make sure I look successful at the same sure. time. And right. then you get into what does success actually look like? And yeah. Um, you know, if I can add a little more on this, I know we didn't even talk about this on Monday, but there was a piece um, of my life where I, you know, really similar to you, actually. Number one, I wanted to be a heart surgeon, not oh, a brain surgeon. Man, we could have gone on. to practice together. Yeah, and like, I think yeah. for the same reason, it was just like, oh, that's going to be a great career. And it's like, you know, I, I feel like I could be maybe smart enough to do that. I don't think that now, Sure, <laughs> knowing yeah, yeah, what that no job way. actually is. I don't think I'm even close. Um, but, you know, this whole pursuit of what does success look like? That's yeah. something that, you know, in the last couple of years, I've kind of had to come to grips with. Because, you know, success is not an outward thing. Even in church, I think we can chase success, yep. right? It's like, hey, I went from this smaller church to this bigger church, this bigger church. And what does success even in ministry look like? And pastors do the same thing because that's the, that's the human condition. We're tempted to do it. And it's like, man, what if I redefine success in my own life by how much time can I actually give to my kids? How much time can I be with my family? How much can I minister to my family? Because none of us are any good if, you know, we're out trying to, make money and nobody's ever home and we don't see each other. And like, those are active uh, decisions we have to make in life. And that requires a sacrifice on the other end. Yep. Yep. And mm. I love Centerville, Ohio. I've fallen in love with this area, but mm-hmm. this is a, this is a more affluent area. And yeah, it, there's it um, a lot of, a lot of pressure to, to have and to gain and to get ahead. And I, and I realized that. So, um, so I'm thankful that, that Jesus is forming my heart in a way that I can let that let that go, um, and give that up to him. So, yeah. Amen. So when it comes to, um, leaving everything, Peter left everything, the guys left everything to follow Jesus. Let me ask you this. What's one thing that you wish you would have left behind, but you continued to hold on to in your early days of following Jesus? Yeah. I mean, outside of saying like there were sins in my life I had to deal with much later on. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest one that really controlled a lot of things was just having the courage to step out in faith, the courage to, you know, in Jesus language, the courage to step off the boat, Yeah. you know, and, and just trust where he was going to take me. And, you know, before we got here, that was a season that we were in where when we left, when I left my last ministry job, it was without something else lined up. And it was just, that was the first time in my life I can really actively remember saying, all right, God, I'm going to trust you enough that I'm not going to work out my own backup plan, Yeah, you know, over here, make sure I've got something else lined up. Cause it's not a good idea to quit something without something else lined up, nor would I ever recommend anybody actually do that. Right. <laughs> I think I counsel people like never, never leave something without something else in mind yeah. because that's just irresponsible. And that's the way I really thought about it. And for whatever reason, at that moment in my life, a couple of years ago, I was convicted to like, nope, you're going to leave it. And you're going to be irresponsible because it's what your soul needs. Yeah. And I will take care of working something else out. And sure enough, I mean, God always does, but it's much easier to have faith in hindsight than it is to have faith in the moment. Right. Right. So it's just, it's just having that trust to actually step out of the boat and know that God's got you. Yep. I love that. 
Yeah, I was thinking about this question and um, I could give a, a lot of answers, but I think one thing that for me, um, I, man, I, I, I've always had a hard time uh, just being me. Like I've always like, I wish, you know, I meet somebody who we talk about greater, right? And the whole yeah. greater, when you're confronted with other people's greatness, like your, your, your ungreatness, you know, is shown and, yeah. and you're just, man, you're just feeling so ungreat. And so when I meet people of greatness in my mind of what I thought greatness was, I'm like, oh, I, I need to be like this person. I need to be like this person. I need to be like this person. And I would try to mimic and imitate and do what I can to be just like the other person, right? And ultimately, the only person I need to be doing that with Jesus is obviously, you know, but um, the reality of like, man, Jesus made you to be you. Don't try to be another person. Don't try to imitate. Just be you. And I know that sounds like a after school special, you yeah. know, but it's something that I think for me, that's, I needed to learn. I needed to let go. Like, and that was, I did not hold, I was holding on to that and following Jesus. I was trying to be like everybody else and just like, just like be like Jesus, like be, what was it? Who, who said, um, was it uh, Dallas Willard who said like, if, you know, like being Jesus, how did that go? Uh, you I remember talking about, I don't, I don't remember the like quote, but I guarantee you, if it was smart, it was Dallas. Willard. It was Dallas Willard, yeah. but it was like, if, like be like Jesus in the sense of if Jesus lived in your shoes or lived your life, live like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and like, that's what I need to do. Not, not be anybody else. So yeah. And there's a massive temptation to do that. Right. I mean, yes, with, there is with anybody with church pastor, with everybody. It's like, I want to, I want to live in somebody else's strengths because I see that they're successful at this. Yeah. And if I could just do that in my life, but you know, I, I think you're absolutely right. And that requires a huge uh, elimination of ego to do that. Yeah. Right. Because you have to be comfortable enough in your own skin to say, I know the things that I don't do well yep. and I don't need to do those things. Well, it's not an excuse to not get better and pursue excellence, but I don't need to do the things. Well, I just need to be who God created me to be. And that's one of the things I appreciate about working with you is like you, you get to be Dave and you, you thrive in that man. And I love that because there's not this, it's not a competition to, I need to take on the technique of this speaker over here. And I need to, you know, pull in what this church is doing over here. And like, there's, there's such a refreshing feeling to that where it's like, Hey, God, God gives us a lot of space to be ourselves. And I think that's where God can really work in amazing ways. Yeah, yeah he does. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, anything else before we wrap up? Is there any, uh, yeah. Uh, my question to final you thoughts. Yeah. Oh, question. Yeah. It's my last question to you. And then we can go to final thoughts. Uh, what is it from the message this past week? Uh, you know, one of the purposes for this podcast is if there's anything that you haven't had a chance to go deeper with it. Maybe you wish you would have left in the sermon if time was not a factor. Yeah. Some Another thought from that passage that you think would be beneficial for people to hear that you may not have had time to preach. Well, there was a lot actually in each of these stories that I didn't have time to preach. Uh, but one of the things that, um, that I wanted to focus on, but I, I just couldn't was the fact that in the third story with the healing of the paralytic, uh, the faith of the friends got this man to Jesus. And one of the reasons why I, cut that for time was because I know Tony just preached on that last year, mm -hmm. but I think that's such an important point um, because we can tend to be so, you know, introverted or like turn inward that we forget to, um, and you know, we can, and being turned inward is good in the sense of spiritual formation and, and looking at your own life. And, but there are so many people who need Jesus. They just need Jesus Yeah, and uh, our neighbors, our coworkers. And what are we doing to help people get them to Jesus? That's what are we willing to, to go through? What are we willing to sacrifice our time, our energy um, to get them 
to know who Jesus is, to be forgiven by Jesus, to be healed by Jesus. And uh, I just want to challenge people. Um, yeah, don't yeah, don't miss that point in the in the text. That was a huge point that I just didn't have time to make. Yeah, would you agree that that's one reason why disciple making is really important? Why people need to have somebody, yeah, to invest in and to invest in them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, everybody. I came up with this saying in my head. Everybody, everybody needs a friend like Jesus. Yeah, and those those guys were acting as like Jesus. They, you know, they were loving this guy sacrificially and um, and willing to do what it took to get him healed. That's yeah. what Jesus does for us. That's right. He went all the way to the cross so that we could be healed. Yeah, and that's yeah. beautiful. And that just, that just spurs um, two thoughts in my head. Number one, we live in an incredibly individualistic society. We do. Where we are very lonely. Yep. And most people don't, most adults don't know how to cultivate community, nor do they know how to cultivate friends. Uh, my wife has a joke where she says, like, it's weird to be an adult and ask somebody to be your friend. And now she's, she's the extrovert to my introvert, so she'll just go up to somebody. Right. And that, that's like her signature move is like, hey, I like you. You want to be friends? <laughs> It's like, how could you say that to somebody? That's I so, would never, yeah. I would, no, I never. would never, and never. It's like, oh, I want to disappear in a corner right now. This is so uncomfortable for me. <laughs> Walk away. Yeah. Walk away. But usually the answer is, yeah. 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 Which, which is amazing because, right. you know, when, when we have friends, it's through either workplace or through a shared space or through a hobby or an interest. But it's harder and harder these days to connect with somebody at a real level where you feel like you can bear your soul to them. Yeah. And they can be praying for you and you can actually just be transparent with them and say, Hey, I don't have it all together. Yep. I know other people might think I do, but I need somebody to just hear me out. And you know, it just goes against the the culture that we live in, which is highly individualistic and really all about ourselves. And I just go back to, man, that's what the church is for. That's what community is for Christian community. That's what, you know, disciple making and having a, you know, I've heard the term spiritual friend, somebody that you can just talk to yep. to help you become a better Christ follower. Yep. And it took a community to get this guy to Jesus. It wasn't just one guy who carried yeah. this guy. It was, it was the village. Four. It took a village yeah. to get people to Jesus. So, uh, what yeah. What a beautiful illustration. Yeah. Uh, man, we could talk on friendship a lot because that's a big topic too. Yeah, but it is. We'll have to get back there. We'll come All back. All right. Yeah. Future episode. Future episode. All right. Well, that was, that was fun. That was fun. Yeah. Maybe we'll do some more lives here and there. We'll have to see how this one went. Yeah. Leave a <laughs> comment. Uh, you know, um, Hit the like button, subscribe. I'm trying to think of all the things that Tony says at the end of, yeah. of all that. Uh, he has a he has a phrase, and I forgot what it was. Like, oh, hey, the best the best compliment you could give us is to share this with a friend. That's right. right. Speaking of friends, I speaking like it. of friends, see, that's just like we planned that. I like it, man. Full circle, love it. Well, thanks for watching. Uh, tune in next week as we continue to take deeper dives into our sermon series, uh, living or life according to Jesus, as we look through the Gospel of Luke. Thanks for joining us. I'm Pastor Dave. I'm Pastor Dusty. And we'll see you next time.